In Genesis 1.28, he says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and so on. And then in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, he said to Abram, after he would obey him and leave his country, he, I will make of thee a great nation. That's the kind of God we serve. He's a great God. And he makes of him a great nation who we're a part of. And he said, and I will bless thee and I will make thy name great. And then he says, and thou shalt be a blessing. You shall be a blessing. There's no greater blessing than to be a blessing and to live the blessed life so that you and I can dispense good to others. You see, the blessed life is God's favor resting on your life. It is God's provision flowing through your life. And it is God's will being done in your life. Amen? And being generous is not a one-time thing, but it is a lifestyle. It is a way of life. It's not this attitude, well, I filled my obligation. I, uh, you know, I gave to a homeless guy and I served once in children's ministry. (laughs) Sit down, I know you're excited. But I love Diego Mesa's uh, uh, definition of generosity. He says, it is the liberality of giving, loving, caring, sharing, and helping through money, through time, through words, through influence, forgiveness, affection, attention, resources, and talents. And here's what generosity will do in all of our lives. It will absolutely enable us to overcome me, myself, and I. Generosity overcomes selfishness, stinginess, pride, lack, covetousness, fear, and depression. Some of the happiest people I know on this earth are people that are generous with their lives. Amen? It is one of the most outstanding characteristics of our Father. He is extravagantly rich in mercy. He is so rich in mercy that His mercies are new every morning. And in John 3.16, it says that God so loved the world that what did He do? He didn't think about it. He didn't wait for His ship to come in. No, He gave of His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He so loved you that He gave His best to you. God is the greatest giver that has ever been and will ever be. And He didn't just give once. He's continually blessing us. How shall He not freely with His life give us all things? Say it with me, I'm blessed. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so these blessings that you and I are experiencing are a result of His great love for us. I love this quote. Did you know that you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving? To become like God, we must become generous givers. Our generosity, here's what it is. It's a demonstration 
of our revelation of just how much He loves us and His generosity toward us. I love what Luke says in Luke 16, verse 10 and 11. He said here, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is also in just also in much. Next verse. If therefore you have not been faithful with your money. Warm the car up. I think I'm ready to go. If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, that's money, who will commit to you the true riches? And so, in other words, he's saying, if you're faithful with your money, if you're a good steward over your time, your talents, and your treasures, I'm going to open unto you the true riches. How many of you know that by the grace of God, you can break the control that money may have over you by being generous? There are too many people that are controlled by the love of money. The love of money is not what we are a part of. Money is good and money is needed, but we don't love it. We love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. And we love our neighbors as ourselves, And we use our resources to be blessings. Amen. Shout with me, I'm living, I'm living the blessed life. And so what he does then is he unlocks the true riches. True riches, such as wisdom, revelation knowledge. How many of you know that true riches can be a friend when you need a friend? True riches can be opportunities. It can be the goodness of God in your health, in your finances, and in your families. These are things, my friends, that money cannot buy. Money cannot buy the true riches. But listen to this. When you're a generous giver, God does things for you that money just can't buy. Woo, hallelujah. I said my God does things for you that money can't buy. Money can't buy a good night's sleep. Money cannot buy freedom in your spirit, in your soul, in your body. But when you position yourself to be generous, God pours out the windows of heaven for his people. Hallelujah. I believe that I'm looking at one of the most generous group of people I've ever seen in my life. I call you generous. Who, me? Yes, you. Start calling yourself a generous person. Hallelujah. You know, Dad Hagen, who's our spiritual father, he went on to be with the Lord in 2003. He had so much wisdom. Bruce Black, who was part of the Ramus Singers and Band, walked up to Dad Hagen one time. They were having a fellowship. And he said, Dad, what's the number one characteristic you look for in a leader? And without hesitation, Dad Hagen responded, generosity. And then he added this statement, a person who is not generous will shut down the move of God. Think about that. This great prophet of the land, in all the things he could have said, when you're looking for someone to count on, when you're looking for someone to get in your huddle, 
When you're looking for someone to serve with, you're looking for a generous person. You see, it's true. One of the greatest characteristics of discipleship is very clear. Jesus made it clear to His disciples. He said in Luke 6.38, Give. Give. And it shall be given unto you. And this is the way that it shall be given unto you. It shall be given unto you good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. Shall men give on to your bosom. Hallelujah. We got any givers in the house. You think about it for a minute. You know some of the key words in the Bible... The word believe is used 272 times. Is it important to believe God? The word pray is used 371 times. Is it important to pray? You know, when Brenda calls a prayer meeting, we ought to be there. I heard a groan in the spirit. And it wasn't a prayer groan. All right, the word love is used 714 times. Is it important to love? Now listen to this. The word give is used 2,162 times. It is one of the basic foundational truths of Christianity. Jesus said, freely you have received. But he didn't just say, be a good receiver. Be a good receiver, all right. But just as you have freely received now... Freely give. Listen to this statement. You can receive Jesus without giving, but you can't follow him without giving. You can't be a true disciple of Jesus and not serve the Lord. You can't be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and put a dollar in the bucket on Easter and Christmas. If you're going to follow him, Follow Him with everything that you have. And that includes every area of our lives. And that is some really good preaching. Followers of Jesus are not just receivers. Followers of Jesus are givers. I love what the Hebrew defines generosity as. It means to saturate with water. And we know that water is a symbol of life. And so generosity brings us to a place where we overflow in a way that brings life to people. I got a river of life flowing out of me. How about you? In the Greek, the word generosity means ready to distribute, ready to give of our time, our talents, and our treasures, and our touch to those that are around us. I love what Proverbs 11 says, 11, 24, and 25. It says this, there is one who scatters. In other words, there is one who sows. There is one who gives. There is one who scatters, yet he increases more. When you sow your seed, don't say goodbye to your seed. Say hello to your harvest. Say hello to your increase. Because God will multiply your seed sown and He will increase the fruits of your righteousness. And your sowing and your seeds will cause through you many thanksgivings unto Him. 
But there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty or leads to lack. But here's us. Here's us in the next verse. Here's you. Here's me. The generous soul will be made rich. You see, to come to your wealthy place, you've got to have a generous soul. It begins by renewing your mind. It begins by your soul being renewed and thinking like the master thinks. And allowing the engrafted word to drop deep into your life to where you begin to see, my life is not my own. I'm bought with a price. And I'm here to glorify God with everything that I have. Woo, hallelujah. So if some of these things are foreign to your mind, get in the word and let your soul and let your mind be convinced that these things are true. You see, the generous soul shall be made rich. Rich is not a dirty word. Rich is a biblical word. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was so very poor, very rich, he became so very poor that you through his poverty might be rich. That means that you might have an abundance in every area of your life. Oh my. Let's look at the message translation. It says this. The world of the generous, it gets bigger. It gets larger. God will take the generous, generous folks to places they never thought that they could go before. Your generosity will bring you before great men. Hallelujah. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It's real narrow. It's me, myself, and I. The stingy life is a miserable life. And you get the word miser from miserable. We are not misers holding tight to what we have. We are generous men and women of God, letting the Spirit of God and the Spirit of giving flow through us. Amen. So the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Verse 25, are you ready to shout? The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others, they're helped. Hallelujah. Amen. So you're down there in Oakland, feeding the homeless, ministering the gospel, ministering the good news. You're helping others and you shall be helped in the name of Jesus. And so you went over to the Philippines and you sold your time. You sold your treasures. You did everything you good and you shall be helped. Amen. You gave in the offering for missionaries here at Heart of the Bay Christian Center. You helped others go and you shall be helped. So let's just compare for a minute being generous and being stingy. A generous person has open hands. 
A stingy person has clenched fists. It's mine. You can't have it. Sounds like a two-year-old in the sandbox. My toy. My money. It ain't your money. Oh, man, this is good preaching. Generous people are healthy. Stingy people are unhealthy in their soul. Generous people are happy. They're cheerful givers. But stingy people, oh, they're fearful. What about the future? What about the economy? What about, what about God? Stingy people are easy to like and easy to love. It's difficult for me to go into great deep fellowship with a stingy person. Because not only are they cheap. You know, you may ought to be out to dinner with them. And after you've signed the bill already, they're looking, Oh, can I do something? Here? Oh my, we have... Warm the car up, please. <laughs> Generous people, they're just easy to, to love. Stingy people are difficult to fellowship with. You love them by faith, amen? But you know to have them over for dinner and stuff, they'll be ne back next week. And they're not only stingy and cheap with their money, they're stingy with their conversation because all they want to talk about is themselves. Three kicks and a hallelujah. <laughs> or like Brenda said the other day, hallelujah! <laughs> Generous people are kind. That's you. Stingy people are mean. And they're critical of those that prosper. Generous people increase. Stingy people decrease. Generous people are blessed and empowered to prosper. But stingy people are, are hemmed in with all sorts of obstacles. Let's do a generosity test here for a moment. Okay. Do you always tip? Are you a good tipper? Yeah. Yes, I am. Do you hold the door open for people? Yes, I do you say thank you a lot? Yes. Do you apologize a lot? Well, that hit a chord there. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. Do you volunteer somewhere? Do you say good morning to people? Do you do favors for people without getting paid? Do you notice people's needs? Do you send out thank you letters or cards for your gifts? Have you ever bought two items just to give one away? Yes. You know, a lady came up to Brother Hagen one day, and it was at one of the camp meetings. And at camp meeting, in those days, Dr. Fred Price would bring offerings of $100,000. Bishop Keith Butler from 
Detroit, Michigan would bring checks for $100,000. Norval Hayes would stand up and receive offering. It wasn't, wasn't very unusual at all for one night for there to be a million-dollar offering. Now, I don't know what the context was, and I don't know exactly what meeting it was, but a lady had the audacity, think about this, to come up to the prophet of God and said, You know, Brother Hagen, the spirit was moving until you started talking about money. I can imagine she just got right up in his face, and that killed the spirit. Brother Hagen said, Yeah, yeah. I killed a spirit, all right, a stingy spirit. I think I just saw a couple of them leave the building. Right here. <laughs> the enemy of generosity is selfishness. But our generosity here at Heart of the Bay, in your generosity, it is an investment for eternity. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. It says, Now don't lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth, where moth and rust does destroy, and thieves break through in and steal. How many of you know there's a thief? The more miserly we are, the more stingy we are, the more we open up the door for the thief. Who walks about as a roaring lion... Seeking whom he may devour. Now I found a scripture in Malachi that God said he would rebuke the devourer. One of the ways that the devourer is rebuked and stopped dead in his tracks is by you and me being tithers. So the enemy is looking for a place. Don't give him any place in your life. Not only in the area of walking in holiness, but I'm talking about walking in new covenant principles of giving and receiving. How many of you know that the tithe does not belong to you? The tithe belongs to the Lord. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures. Oh, treasure. How many of you know there's some treasures in heaven? I'm telling you, there's treasures in heaven. And part of the treasures in heaven that you will experience are people that were affected by your generosity. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Moth can't corrupt it, can't destroy it, and the devil will not be able to break in and he'll not be able to steal, come on, and destroy from you. Amen? So when you're giving to people, in giving to the kingdom of God, you're storing up treasures. You see, what we do is we give not out of compulsion. We don't give grudgingly. You know, we give cheerfully. We give because we want to. We give because of the generosity that he has shown to us. There was a man by the name of Jim Elliott who was criticized highly by his family. And criticized highly by, I think, some people in his denomination. He was a missionary that went to South America. And what they said to him is they said, Oh, man, why are you going to South America to preach to the Indians? Why are you risking your life for that purpose? You know what his answer was? He said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. 
Some of you need to give till your family members call you a fool. <laughs> and you can say the same thing that Jim Elliot Sherrod said. He is no fool. I'm not looking at any fools here, am I? I would never call you a fool, but you could be one. But he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. And my dear brothers and sisters, that translates into eternal things. Generosity is not a minor subject in the Bible. Because what it does, it reveals the condition of all of our hearts. And there will be a battle in your soul. There will be a battle in your soul to hold on to what belongs to God. There will be a battle in your soul not to sow seed and to spend it on yourself. There will be that battle. But we can overcome those battles. And when we overcome those battles, I'm telling you folks, it just paves a new day. And it paves God's way. Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Your giving reflects your heart. Your giving reflects your heart. These praise and worship team that was here today and Pastor Tom that was here today, they got here early. They didn't just walk in and say, okay, what are we going to do today? No, their giving and their time reflects their heart. There's a heart to serve. The people that are serving behind the scenes right now, ministering to your babies, ministering to your youth, these people are people of generosity and their heart is reflected through their giving. Where your treasure, come on saints, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Generosity reflects your heart, but it also will affect your heart. Oh, it'll enlarge you. It'll enlarge you. I'm telling you, it'll enlarge your vision. There'll be no borders for those that are generous. They will have their hearts affected. And I'm telling you, the compassion of the Lord will flow through you as you become a generous, blessed Christian. Is this all right today? In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, it instructs them that are rich in this world. Somebody says, well, I'm not rich. Well, if you make more, if you make $35,000 a year, you're richer than about 99% of the world. Did you know that? So you are rich. Somebody says, say what? Say with me, I am rich. So this is to us because we're rich in Christ. And he tells them to be not high-minded, but to do good and that we be rich in good works, ready to give and willing to communicate. Next verse. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that we may lay hold, come on somebody, on eternal life. Your generosity is a foundation against those things that may come against you and may come against this nation 
And you'll be able to lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold of the promises of God. When there's instability all around you, you will remain solid. You will remain fixed because your heart is trusting in the Lord. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Somebody shout for about five seconds. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. One translation says, Give happily to those in need and always be ready to share whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasures for yourself in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, over there in the book of Philippians, you're all familiar with this verse. I think you probably, 90% of you could quote Philippians 4.19, right? What does Philippians 4.19 say? Let me try this side over here. little disjointed over there. You do better next time. Let's go over here. <laughs> Let's read it together. But my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say, but my God shall supply half your need. He said all your need. You know that all in the Greek means all? Which means no more. But he will do it not according to your job. Not according to your savings. But He will supply all your need in direct proportion to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody say, are you saying quit my job? No, don't quit your job. For heaven's sake, use your job as a means to give. Amen? We're not out to make a living. We're out to make a giving. You know... If some of you would get addicted to giving, God would support your habit. I'm going to try over here, this section over here. I said, if we could get addicted to giving, God will support our habit. Some of you are about to get happy now. Now, there are a lot of things we shouldn't be addicted to, but giving's okay. He'll support your habit. He'll open the windows of heaven. Now, jobs are good. Savings accounts are good. But don't limit him to those things. Those are merely channels through which your source can work through. But my father and your father has a million ways to get you a million dollars. And you don't even have to go on Shark Tank to do it. Right? Why? Because he is the revealer. He will give you ideas. He'll give you concepts. Bertha, he'll give you insights. He's even been known to give people ideas for witty inventions. Yeah. 
So as you walk with God down this path of generosity, you should be expecting to God to show up and show out in every area of your life. There's a man down in Texas. He's went on to be the Lord with the Lord. He had a church of 2,000 people in a town of 3,000. That's what I say, wow. Try it over there, this section. What's wow backwards? Okay. Man, you're quick and bright and sharp. Think about that. 2,000 people in a town of 3,000. But they started with 10. And his wife would wake up early every Sunday morning in the early days. She'd wake up every Sunday morning and she'd go out to this farm a little ways outside of town and she'd pick up three little farm girls that had no way to get to church, they had no food, they had no money, take them to church and feed them lunch. That's generosity. That's giving of yourself. Well, years and years later, a man with blue jeans, a cowboy, and a snap shirt walked into the church. And he handed the pastor a check for $1.2 million. He had married one of those little farm girls. What if the pastor's wife would have stayed in bed? They would have never seen that $1.2 million. Think about it. God's not limited. Folks, He's not limited your inheritances. Some say, well, I got cheated out of my inheritance. Well, you've got a better inheritance. You've got a bigger inheritance from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking forward to the day with someone with cowboy boots and a snap shirt and jeans walks in and said, Hey, Pastor, here's millions of dollars. Isn't that powerful? Doesn't that encourage you? And and don't think for one moment that that you have to be bucks up to give a big offering. You can make $100 a week and sow $12. That's your tithe plus a $2 seed. Or you can bump it up to 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, whatever the case may be. Start where you are. Don't think that you can't do anything because you have been given something to give. Mm. God will bump you up. I said God will bump you up. And I think sometimes in charismatic churches and even word of faith churches, We get this idea, oh, you know, we sing these songs. I will dance like David danced when the Spirit of the Lord moves in my heart. I will shout like David shout. I will dance, I will sing. But they ought to add a verse to that. I will give like David gave. See, there's too many people shouting at somebody else's expense. Ray, get the car warmed up, will you? (laughs) 
Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Now, there was a man by the name of P.C. Nelson who was over the Assemblies of God and he, he wrote a book called Bible Doctrines. We got that at Raymond when we were there. P.C. Nelson was a Hebrew and a Greek scholar. P.C. Nelson spoke in 32 languages. And he said there ought to be written on Philippians 4.19, not valid if detached. Not valid if detached. Like a coupon, you know. The coupons are not valid if they're detached. In other words, he was saying, you'll never get the results of Philippians 4.19 if you detach verses 15 through 18 from it. Because verse 15 and verse 18 positioned them for when Paul said, Look, because you've done this for me, my God, my God shall supply all your needs. When I go to Brother Copeland's partner meetings, because we sow seed there, and Brother Copeland stands up and says, Because you have been faithful to give, my God shall supply all your need. What does he mean, my God? He means because you've sown into the arena that I'm in, my God and your God will amply supply. And he'll fill to the full your every need. So let's look at verses 15 through 18. He said, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. And this was a poor church. And they said, even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. So it is a good thing to not only give once, but to give again. Well, I gave last year, I gave last Christmas. You better start giving again. Or you may not have any presents under that tree. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. What was his need? His need was to get the gospel out to the Gentile world. To get the gospel out as fast and hard and as heavy as he possibly could. Because he had an appointment and an anointing to minister the good news. Come on, somebody. Verse 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul is literally saying, you have an account that is affected by your generosity. Paul is saying something supernatural is about to happen to your account. Oh, He said, but I have all and abound. I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which are sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice well-pleasing to God. What he's saying is your generosity literally gets God's attention. It gets his attention. You gave once and you gave again. Something good is about to happen to you. Something great is going to happen in your account. 
because you got involved in God's needs and getting the gospel out because you jumped in the middle of God's cause, God's going to jump right in the middle of your situation. Glory to God. And he's going to meet your every need. Oh, come on, somebody. Woo. I want God jumping in the middle of our finances here at Heart of the Bay. Hallelujah. I never worry about being in the red because I'm living by what God said. And God told me that I can have what I say. Therefore, I say with my mouth because I believe in my heart that every need is met and we'll have more than enough to sow and to give at the end of the year. Amen. Listen, get this picture. Fruit that may abound to your account. There's coming a day when you get to heaven. Someone may tap you on the shoulder, Ray. And say, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm from Africa. I'm from Nepal. I'm from India. I'm from the Philippines. I'm from Samoa. And I just want to thank you for giving to the Lord. Because of your gifts... I was able to receive Jesus. Because of your gifts, I was able to receive information, some books and some things that sowed into my life and changed my life forever. Thank you for giving to the Lord. That, my friends, is fruit abounding to your account. During this wonderful Las Vegas meeting that we had, we reconnected with some old friends 10 to 12 years since we've seen Mac and Lynn Hammond. It was so awesome. We got so drunk and we didn't even go down to the strip to do it. We didn't have to drink any beer or sip any vodka or whatever. We just, hey, we got drunk in the Holy Ghost. We went to the Holy Ghost bartender. But I'm telling you, the spirit of generosity was in that meeting was amazing. As I speak today, Mark Hankins is going to Nepal. Nepal is where the Himalayas are. It's a very remote area. They're literally paying for 150 pastors to come to house them, to feed them, and to minister to them for three days of hours and hours of ministry. They're going to put books in their hands. I'm telling you what, it's going to change their life, but it's also going to change the nation of Nepal. If you can train pastors, and you can train ministers, and you can get the word into them, it will spread like fire. Yes. And I'm happy to announce, we have seed in that. I said, we have seed in that. I said, we have seed in that. And I'm expecting a harvest out of it. And I'm expecting a harvest for you in every area of your life. Put your hand over your heart and pray this for me. Lord Jesus. Take me higher. Take me further into this blessed life. I choose to be a generous Christian. To be more generous today than I've ever been. Thank you, Lord. As I sow my seed today, as I bring my tithes and offerings to the Most High God, I will worship you with them. I honor you today with my giving. In the name of Jesus, amen.
I call you generous. I call you blessed. What are you calling yourself? Kind of like a 747. It's kind of of trying to take off. But some of you haven't gone on the jet yet. That's all right. That's all right. The eyes of your heart will be enlightened. Amen? We're moving on up. We're going from glory to glory.